Shalom, and welcome to Parashah Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week we have another double Parashah, Acharemot and Kedoshim. Remember that the reason why we have double Parashiot, Parashah from time to time, is uh, in order to make sure that certain Parashot will be read at certain specific times of the year. And uh, this year, Acharemot uh, and Kedoshim are read one after the other. Acharemot itself uh, has essentially three parts. The first part uh, is about Yom Kippur, what we call the Avodah, the service on Yom Kippur. And that's why we read this section also on uh, the morning of Yom Kippur. It goes into great detail uh, on the uh, avodah of the of Yom Kippur, and it's uh, advisable before Yom Kippur, uh, I would say, to uh, review this so that you understand what's being talked about, because uh, this is not only read on Yom Kippur, but it's also uh, a central part of Musaf, of Yom Kippur, so it's important to understand it. Uh, first, we are told that uh, all of the avodah of Yom Kippur is done by the Kohen Gadol, uh, and not by any other Kohen. He wears uh, four linen garments, the garments that would normally be worn by a regular Kohen, um, and he must uh, immerse uh, in the in the mikvah several times during the course of the day, the offerings that he bring uh, brings are uh, in two basic uh, categories. One are special offerings of the kohen gadol, one which is a uh, bull chatat, and the other which which is a ram olah, and then special offerings that he brings on behalf of the people. Uh, the incense that is offered in the Kodesh HaKodeshim. This is uh, the only time of the year that the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh HaKodeshim and brings the incense uh, into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. Uh, he also brings on behalf of the people a goat for a chatat, a sin offering, a ram for an olah, burnt offering, and also the goat that is brought for Azazel, uh, which is sent out into the uh, wilderness and, uh, as Chazal described, uh, pushed off a cliff. Uh, and uh, this is a, a way of taking uh, atonement and carrying the sins of Am Yisrael uh, off into the, uh, into the wilderness. Uh, at the end of, the, of this section, the Torah summarizes uh, the observance of Yom Kippur itself, namely that we are required to afflict ourselves on Yom Kippur, that is to say, to deprive ourselves of uh, certain basic physical comforts, eating and drinking, uh, bathing, anointing, uh, 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 marital uh, relations, and wearing leather shoes. In addition, it is a day of no malacha, similar to Shabbat, and uh, it is... Uh, a day of atonement. That's what Kippur is, which is uh, full forgiveness. Um, at the end of the section, it, we're reminded that all of these offerings are brought by the Kohen Gadol, and that the position of Kohen Gadol is uh, passed on uh, from uh, from father to son. 
The second section of uh, Parashat Achremot has to deal with uh, various mitzvot connected to the slaughtering of uh, of animals. Uh, uh, one part says that uh, during the time that B'nai Israel were in the wilderness, there was no such thing as chulin, which is to say non-sacrificial meat. All meat that was eaten in the wilderness uh, had to be come from a uh, from a sacrifice. Uh, we're also told in this parasha that it is forbidden to uh, slaughter sacrifices outside of the sanctuary. Uh, further, we're told that it is forbidden to eat blood, and that is why uh, the blood is removed from meat before we uh, before we cook it and eat it. Um, and then there is a mitzvah to cover blood, that is to say, the blood of birds or of chayot, non-domesticated animals, have to be uh, covered. That's not done with uh, behemot like uh, cows or uh, goats or sheep, but birds and chayot. Chaya might, for example, might be a deer though the, that blood must be covered, uh, and that is a mitzvah. Uh, we are also told that one who eats the meat of an animal that is uh, either nevela, that is, it died without proper slaughtering, or trefa, which uh, even though it was slaughtered, may have been slaughtered, it still uh, has a severe inju uh, injury. So these types of meat are forbidden to be uh, to be eaten uh, but if one does eat them uh, then one becomes tame the torah teaches us and it also talks about the tuma uh, of uh, of these types of animals uh, nevela or trefa of a kosher bird the last section of the parasha which uh, interestingly is read at uh, mincha on yom kippur uh, has to do with forbidden sexual unions the Torah introduces by saying that we are to uh, not to follow the uh, immoral behavior of the Egyptians or of the Canaanites. Um, and then the Torah goes into much detail about forbidden uh, marital or sexual unions, uh, which might be incestuous or adulterous, and also talks about other types of forbidden uh, relations. And the Torah concludes this section uh, by reminding us that the uh, immoral people of uh, that live in in Canaan at the time, the Canaanites practice all these kinds of uh, uh, behaviors, and uh, that is why the Canaanites are being expelled by Hashem. So, therefore, the Torah says, "You keep these laws, so the land will not expel you, as it is expelling the Canaanites." We'll come back to that idea uh, again later. Then uh, we move into Kedoshim, uh, and this is a uh, parasha that continues the uh, what I've called like the central topic of the book of Vayikra, which is Kedusha, of holiness. Uh, and we have seen how holiness is uh, pursued by avoiding uh, the wrong kinds of, uh, of food, uh, by having a sanctified group among Am Yisrael, the Kohanim, the Levim, uh, and uh, Kedoshim, at least the first section of Kedoshim, talks about holiness in a variety of uh, perspectives, uh, much of which is uh, achievable uh, by the individual. This is uh, uh, 
the idea here is that all of the Jewish people are to strive for holiness. Indeed, it starts off by saying that you, my people, should be holy because I, Hashem, am holy. There are a lot of parallels between uh, this section of Kedoshim and the Asereta Dibrot, the, uh, the, the Decalogue, uh, the Ten Utterances. Uh, many of the ideas here are elaboration uh, on those ideas that were in the Asereta Dibrot. Uh, so we're told to respect one's parents, to keep the Shabbat, to avoid idolatry in any form. We're told about how to bring the Shlamim uh, peace offerings, how we must give to the poor, take care of them, how we must be honest in our business dealings, how we must uh, maintain uh, the order of Hashem's world by by uh, not mixing together certain species that the Torah prohibits. Uh, there's the law of uh, maidservant, uh, how to deal with the fruit of the first three years and the fruit of the fourth year. Do not imitate the practices of the idolaters. Uh, preserve the sanctity of Shabbat and the sanctity of the sanctuary itself. It's prohibited to consult with the dead. Remember to protect the weaker members of society. A variety of perspectives. Indeed, uh, I think you can say that um, you know, all different areas of, uh, of halacha are uh, reflected in these uh, mitzvot. And the idea is you are a different people. Uh, the section concludes by saying that the reason why I took you out of Egypt uh, is so that you could be uh, so that you could be holy, uh, and there, uh, and uh, so holiness kedusha is something uh, constantly to uh, to pursue and to uh, and to strive for. The um, the last uh, section of kedoshim deals with uh, penalties, with punishments for severe uh, crimes, um, such as. Uh, molech, which is a type of idolatry in which uh, children are passed through a, uh, a fire, uh, prohibition against consulting the dead, cursing one's parents, prohibited sexual unions. Uh, the Torah has talked about these prohibitions before, but this uh, passage deals with the punishments for these. And there are different punishments uh, that the Torah uh, talks about. In some cases, uh, the punishment is stoning, uh, and in some cases, the punishment is strangulation. In some cases, the punishment is karet, which is a form of divine uh, uh, death penalty done by God, in other words. Um, and uh, each one of these uh, violations carry with it its uh, specific uh, form of penalty, uh, the way we uh, the way we understand it, uh, and uh, and and the way that the Chachamim have explained it to us uh, through Torah Shabbal Peh, and then once again the Torah uh, concludes this whole section by reminding us that we are to be holy uh, because Hashem is holy. So you have a responsibility to strive for holiness uh, in in this in imitation of uh, Hashem. Uh, and this is uh, this is really the goal of uh, of the Exodus, namely to become 
uh, a holy nation. At the end of the uh, parasha, uh, uh, we read, uh, do not defile yourselves uh, in any way. Uh, I, I should uh, uh, I should uh, explain that I'm, the quote that I'm uh, looking at right now is uh, a- actually at the end of uh, of Achremot. Do not defile yourself in any of these ways. This is the ways that the that the nations that I am expelling uh, have defiled themselves, and the land has become defiled, and uh, as a result, the land is. Uh, spewing them out. Uh, it uh, portrays the land of Israel uh, almost as a living entity which cannot tolerate uh, uh, immorality uh, and uh, and rejects it. Uh, you must keep these laws, the Torah says. Uh, do not do any of these abhorrent things. Don't uh, allow, don't tolerate in anyone else uh, because that the result of that will be that the land will uh, spew spew you out, uh, and it concludes uh, by uh, by saying, "Ani Hashem Elokechem, I, the Lord, am your God." The Ramban uh, talks about this passage uh, at great length, um, and he uh, he puts forward a, a number of very very central ideas. Uh, first of all, he talks about how uh, the the Torah is very strict with regard to these uh, practices, these uh, sexual pra- practices, because the land becomes defiled and the land rejects it. Um, the Ramban raises the question, these are laws that affect uh, individual personal behavior. They aren't specifically tied to the land of Israel. They're not uh, mitzvot, uh, such as truma, which apply only in the land of Israel. So why... Uh, why the Ramban asks, should the land uh, reject it? He points out that uh, uh, when uh, when Hashem governs uh, the world, he governs various parts of the world uh, by uh, by placing them under the uh, uh, under the supervision of higher powers, um, a constellation, uh, uh, and, and so on. However, the land of Israel. Uh, is ruled and governed uh, directly by Hashem. Uh, there's no uh, Hashem does not utilize any uh, a- anyone else or anything else, um, and that's because of the uh, the sanctity, the special nature of the of the land of Israel. Uh, it is uh, it is uh, treasured by Hashem, and therefore you have a a special responsibility in the way that you behave in the land of Israel. Uh, it's been said that it's uh, you know, sinning in Israel is like uh, sinning in the uh, in the king's castle. Uh, and therefore, says the Ramban, it, it doesn't really matter that uh, these laws that we're talking about here are not specifically or exclusively tied to the land of Israel, but the immoral behavior just is not tolerated. Uh, by uh, by the land, uh, the Ramban uh, goes on to talk about uh, the land of Israel uh, and the centrality of the land of Israel, uh, not only for the mitzvot that are exclusive to the land of Israel, but indeed to all of the mitzvot. Um, uh, and uh, he develops an idea uh, 
that you find in a number of places, uh, and it's central to his thinking, that um, essentially all of the mitzvot of the Torah are uh, meant for uh, living in the land of, uh, of Israel. Uh, it is, all of the mitzvot are really the, the laws of, of the land. Uh, and even when we are banished from the land, it is uh, obligatory upon us to keep these mitzvot. But the reason for keeping the myth, these mitzvot, says the Ramban, is uh, to be prepared uh, and to uh, be used to these mitzvot for when one returns. Uh, so that uh, when one, when the people return to the land, uh, the observance of the mitzvot will not seem like something uh, new and uh, and unusual. So, uh, if I may say, it sounds like the Ramban is saying that really the mitzvot belong in the land of Israel, and we are obliged to keep these mitzvot even outside of Israel in order to stay in practice. Uh, but they're really uh, the, the the proper alignment let's say, is between uh, the mitzvot of the Torah and the Jewish people in the land of Israel. That is the ideal alignment. Uh, and uh, that is why the Ramban considers uh, living in the land of Israel uh, so central. Indeed, elsewhere, he counts it as a, uh, a mitzvah. And he concludes this section by reminding us that the uh, Chazal say that dwelling in the land of Israel uh, is... Uh, of equal importance to all of the commandments of the Torah, and therefore it should be taken uh, very, very uh, seriously and uh, uh, and embraced because it's such a precious thing. And I think it's uh, rather appropriate that we're reading uh, these, these parshiot in this section, this Ramban, uh, in this week uh, during which uh, we, uh, we observe the uh, 75th anniversary of the founding of uh, Medinat Israel, uh, an opportunity uh, to actually live in uh, the land of, uh, of Israel, uh, which the Ramban him, himself uh, was able to fulfill during his lifetime. He actually lived in Israel towards the end of, uh, of his life. I thank you very much for uh, joining me uh, for this exploration of Parshat Achremot uh, and Kedoshim. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parasha Highlights and Insights saying Shalom. <laughs>